Hello everyone, I'm Tori. And I'm Koriana. And welcome to God in All Things. Today we are doing a special episode because if you've been with us for a couple months, we did a little book swap over Christmas. And today we're going to be discussing those books and some gospel principles we've learned from them. We're not going to go in as deep as we do with the other ones because that would take way too long with the two books. Plus we don't want to, because they're like more recently published things and we won't have titled the episode, we didn't want to spoil anybody on them because they're a little lesser known. So we'll just talk about them. There may be mild spoilers just as we discuss the gospel principles and need it's to discuss a few things. It's kind of hard to actually yes. discuss a book So be without. aware of that. There <laughs> may be some spoilers in this. It's not going to be as extensive though as we usually go, like I said. So I think we'll just get into it, starting with, we'll start with the one I gave to Kariana, which was the 13th tale. So we'll go with a very basic summary on that or synopsis, and then I'll review my thoughts on it while why I gave it to Kariana in case you missed it or forgot. And then we'll go into how Kariana enjoyed it. So let's start with the summary if you want to take that away. Yeah, so this book is freaking complex. (laughs) So here's my extremely simplified summary. Um, So we just, we have a mysterious author, okay, super famous, but nobody really knows anything about her. And she decides to spend her last days as an old lady kind of revealing her true life story to this very, very reclusive um, amateur biographer because of a particular interest that they both share in twins. Very Shockingly good important yes. aspect to the story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> twins. Mm-hmm. The twins and sibling connection. Sibling, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yep. It's For very sure. interesting. I gave this one to Kariana because I thought she would like it. I hoped so. It kind of has a very Victorian gothic-esque vibe to it. I remember reading it and being like, wow, this has very much like Jane Eyre, Wuthering Heights, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier, which is slightly after Victorian period, but still close. And so I really liked that aspect of it. And I actually consider it one of my favorite books of all time, especially like a more modern day written one. But I honestly don't really remember that much about it. (laughs) I remember some of the big plot twists and I remember liking the writing a lot. I do need to revisit it because like I said, I've considered it for a while to be one of my favorite books ever. I just, it's been probably five or six years since I read it. So maybe a little less than that, actually, but still a long time. So how did you end up feeling about it? I really, really enjoyed the book. Here it is for anybody watching the video. It definitely, like, I agree it has more of a Victorian feel than a lot of other Um, even like set in Victorian times Mm -hmm. modern books which was really really fun obviously it's not like perfect like it didn't give the exact feeling because still it's not what she was going it's not what she was trying for either which is fine but yeah it is really beautiful language I thought the story was really impressive and super fun to like unfold I found my I was like I need to know what's going on. I need to know. Because <laughs> the whole point is that you know something is going on. Yes. <laughs> you just can't figure out what. So so that definitely like gripped me. It felt a little bit redundant at times. I'll admit mm-hmm. like there are certain things that are repeated over and over and over again, which is like honestly one of my least favorite things yeah. in writing. There That's are a fair. few popular authors I could name that um would be some hot takes <laughs> where that I would say like yeah no he repeats himself too often <laughs> uh, 
um, not that that ruins the story, but and then the main character is a little dramatic for me at times. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which I enough. don't know feels like hypocritical of me to say almost <laughs> because literally Wuthering Heights is my favorite novel <laughs> and there's nothing more dramatic yes. than that book so I don't know what the difference is maybe just like uh I don't know maybe in other stories like either there I feel like there's a genuine reason for the drama or there's like no reason for the drama and they're literally just dramatic whereas in this book I feel like she gives a reason for the drama and I'm like get over it it's not that bad (laughs) which um actually leads right into my gospel principle so if you're good with just kind of let's um, just go for it yeah so the gospel principle that i kind of like targeted for this was the idea that families are eternal (laughs) just because a lot of the drama in this book hinges on the entire and complete lack of faith and belief in the fact that families are eternal. Ah, so much of the story is like, oh my gosh, guys, literally you're gonna see her again. Like, calm down, you know? And so, and I think that's something that I finally realized. And I really, I I really don't want to take away from the book. I think I gave it like four, four or five stars Mm -hmm. on Goodreads. I really did enjoy it. I probably gave it four or five is really rare for me. So if it has five on my Goodreads, then in the moment, I really, really loved it. Yeah, it just, so you have, it's multi-generational dealing with two different sets of families. So you have two families and kind of, well, one of them is more of just her gender anyway it's so (laughs) it's so much it's so much but basically you have the main character is it too much of a spoiler to talk about like her twin i don't think so no she has a twin who died at birth right and she is like really really connected to that fact right and she and she can't get over it and she like actively misses this twin who she never knew and it has destroyed her relationship with her mom because this mom also never got over the death of this daughter um, at birth. And so the mom like never really connected to her daughter who lived because she just couldn't get over this death. And so they grew up just split apart. And then when our main character learns about this twin, she feels lied to and betrayed and then she can't get over it. So then we have just this complete mother daughter, like, Mm disconnect right and so that was like it was a huge thing where I was like you know I'm just so grateful for the knowledge that you're just gonna see him again like it really is okay like it's a sad thing more sad for the mom obviously Mm -hmm. I think I'm not I'm not gonna lie like the main character I was like literally you're so fine (laughs) (laughs) please move on but like does it really impact you that much? Like your experience in life no. that much? Other than her relationship than with her, her mom, which is yeah. where it's, which is honestly to me the saddest part because mm-hmm. it's like you have something that could be a grief that's difficult that like you could move on from through the knowledge of the plan of salvation and be able to still just have that kind of happy familial relationship here on earth whereas instead we have this mother and this daughter who are both actively pushing each other away because of this grief that doesn't actually need to exist and the extremity that it does which is just really really sad to me and it's really similar in our other the author that i mentioned right she's revealing her life story Mm -hmm. she gives us a multi-generational 
life story full of just people who are just tearing themselves apart, you know, Mm -hmm. through unnecessary grief and a misunderstanding of the fact that, like, all of this is forever. That you're going to see, not only that you're going to see this person again, but that you're eternally tied to these other people as well, who you're kind of, like, ignoring and not giving Mm -hmm. the familial support that you should. So not only, like, is it affecting lives here on earth and making them sadder but it's affecting lives in the eternities as well and making them more difficult and um you know obviously i have faith that god works everything out but (laughs) um but i also don't believe that everything's just easy once we die either you know it's just a continuation Mm -hmm. of our struggles here so they're gonna still have to figure that out and that's really sad for them Mm -hmm. so yeah that was my really really big takeaway yeah i like that you bring up the idea of an afterlife meaning that our relationships here need to be built up properly i think sometimes we get in this mode of like happy to see the ones we love in the next life while ignoring the fact that there's other people we could be seeing in the next life that maybe there's more we could do to build up that relationship with them and I'm so grateful that we do have a space even just after this life where some of those things can be remedied a little bit more in a way that maybe they couldn't be here there's just extra chances and different ways that God allows us to have those opportunities but I've heard a lot you know sometimes people are born into difficult situations and their family members are not helpful and there's not really anything you can do about that. But I think there are situations where we could make it better and choose not to out of spite or out of grief that we're holding on to with other situations, other relationships that we've lost or whatever. And it causes us to miss out on joys that God has already prepared specifically for us. Like God really puts people in our lives for a reason because I think everything has the potential to be really good if we choose to let it. And again, relationships are two-sided. Like you can't force someone else to do something. And so, you know, sometimes you just have to figure out what's healthiest for you and the relationships that are going two ways and you're able to build up that way. But losing sight of what life after this one really means is probably one of the most dangerous things we do. And I think a lot of the drama in that, I think a lot of the drama going back to Wuthering Heights and the connection there is to do with people not understanding the purpose of this life and not understanding what the next life is about and what it's meant to do. And you get so focused on things that are happening right now or aren't happening right now. And that's what you're concerned about when there's just so much more that we just can't see. And it's such a blessing that we have a God who can see it and can help us through it if we let him. Yeah, I like I definitely want to be sensitive to like difficult family relationships right like obviously you know I have my own difficult family relationships where I try to reach out and I try to stay Christ-like and meek and and continue to be there Um, and it's not really reciprocated you know and all I can do is my part and I know other people have even more difficult relationships or and you know I have a lot of really good family relationships at the same time and not everybody can say that so we understand that like God understands our circumstances and God knows our Mm -hmm. hearts right of course um but you know it doesn't change the fact that the family is an essential part of of the plan of salvation and that the way things are going to quote unquote work out one day 
is through eternal families, (laughs) whatever that means for each of us. So I read this talk simply titled The Eternal Family by Robert D. Hales from General Conference of October of 96. It was actually kind of interesting because this is just a year after the Family of Proclamation Mm -hmm. was released. And so he kind of mentions that and it's like, a new thing for them which yeah. is a perspective that we don't <laughs> we just see. always had it yeah. yeah yes for like our age mm. and younger like we've just kind of, and a little bit older of course we've yeah. just kind of like grown up with it forever yeah. so it was kind of interesting to see it as like this like okay let's talk about what this means for us so I'll, I'll just read this little section. He said, Being one in a family carries a great responsibility of caring, loving, lifting, and strengthening each member of the family so that all can righteously endure to the end immortality and dwell together throughout eternity. Pause right there. I like that he says great responsibility, you know, because like, of course, the balance of taking care of ourselves is important, but like, it's a like it's a burden you know it's heavenly father isn't saying like oh yeah this is just gonna be great and easy for you and this is just gonna be so happy like that's not the promise Mm -hmm. it (laughs) never was it never was he's never said that anywhere (laughs) um yeah no this is it's a great thing that is difficult and worth it in the end just like everything else that heavenly father gives us so it's not enough just to save ourselves it is equally important that parents brothers and sisters are saved in our families. If we return home alone to our Heavenly Father, we will be asked, where is the rest of the family? This is why we teach that families are forever. The eternal nature of an individual becomes the eternal nature of the family. I just thought that was such an interesting, where is the rest of the family? You know, like it's just... It's so important and that's what Heavenly Father is looking for. So we just gotta do what we can to stay united here and um, understand that we'll be united in the eternities as well and not spend our lives grieving. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't waste time when there's just so much good you can do here and so much you can learn and grow from. And Yes. Yes. Amazing. I like that, though. Don't waste time. Like, yeah. there mm-hmm. is time for grieving. Yes. But don't mm-hmm. waste that unnecessary time yes. <laughs> on mm-hmm. it, for sure. We're yes. allowed to feel sad, just like... also continue on and live a full life and because of jesus we're allowed to we're able to grieve and be happy at the same time we're allowed to grieve yes the and exactly it's not or all the time you can't be sad or happy you can have both because of christ and just really embrace that and be happy that you have that (laughs) opportunity because so many people don't understand that and we just are so blessed it's a hard concept to grasp even knowing it like it's not it's not comfortable to be in that place it doesn't always come naturally but you can i'm sure many of us can can remember those moments where we felt that bittersweet feeling where you're like you're happy that you're able to have these good moments with family it's like i feel like the best place to like put it in perspective for most people is like at a funeral Mm -hmm. with people you love like where you're like you really miss this person and it's heartbreaking but you also have hope for the next life and even if you don't there's also the sense of community with other people you love yeah and just being able to look back on the life of someone you love and learn from it and so yeah it is possible just remember that always it is possible to feel both and it's okay god expects you to feel both god feels both (laughs) regularly i'm sure so (laughs) 
All right, I think that wraps up the 13th tale. So we'll move on to what I was given by Kariana, <laughs> the map of time. So my basic summary is even shorter than hers because <laughs> mine's also really convoluted. A group of Victorian men from various social backgrounds find their paths cross in a twisted web of time and romance. And that's all you're gonna get from me because it is very convoluted. But um, let's review Kariana's thoughts <laughs> and why she gave this to me, <laughs> and then we'll get into my thoughts. <laughs> so do you love the fact that you chose a book for me because it was, like, Victorian-esque writing, and I chose a book for you about a bunch of Victorian <laughs> Yes. <laughs> We both chose modern books because they're Victorian. We said right in the intro that we had a soft spot for Victorian literature. And this is so real, guys. This is still true. It's so real. I'm going to just defend myself right off the bat. (laughs) Just to spoil it. If you understand our giggling at all, (laughs) anybody who has any kind of sarcastic sense of humor has already figured it out. I chose this book for Tori 90% because I was pretty sure she hadn't read it. (laughs) Because here's the thing, Tori's read everything. (laughs) There was one other book that I asked you about that you hadn't read but then I had, like, asked you about it, and it was, like, you know, like, mm, like I don't know. Spoil. You, like, knew about it and whatever, and I was, like, oh, like, I'd kind of rather something that's a little less known to her if I can find it, you know? So I scoured Tori's Goodreads. I asked her about a bunch of different books. There's only that one yes. that you said, no, I haven't read that. Every, almost everything I have read, Tori has read. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the main thing was I was, like, okay, I think this is one that she probably hasn't read before. And then the other 10% was I read it in high school. So honestly, I remembered like so little of the story. Um, I don't like on, it could have been 10 years ago for all I know that I read this book. I, but I remember just like absolutely loving it. I remember just thinking it was beautiful and exciting and um, and dramatic and everything I would want from a Victorian novel pre when I discovered Victorian literature, which Tori's thoughts on it will um will kind of reveal like, yeah, it was my before I realized that I loved Victorian literature, this was the book that yes. it kind of <laughs> that I was drawn you in a to. sort of way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just I mean like as it far didn't... as like the experience atmosphere kind of thing or not right. really. I know ne- like I never connected it to oh, okay. that. Okay. I don't so I'm sure that like it was in me, but mm-hmm. I never like realized that until you brought it up. Oh, okay. So, okay. Fair enough. Which tells me it probably was ten years ago because I discovered my love for Victorian literature my senior year of high school. Yeah. So yeah. it had to have been before that. Yeah. So it's Gosh. been a hot minute. So it's that's why that's why I remembered so little of the yes. actual story. Only certain <laughs> major plot points. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and there's always the couple small ones that stick out to you yeah, for no reason. Yes. Yeah. Those random details that you're like, why do I think about this years ago? <laughs> yes. You just do. Actually, you just do. It just there are in moments head. in this book that sometimes I just think about. <laughs> those scenes that live rent free in your head exactly. for no reason. Yes. Exactly. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, my thoughts. <laughs> Very different from Kariana's about the 13th tale. I hated this book <laughs> so much. And, uh, yeah, I felt really bad about it, but I know you got 
a great amount of joy from knowing that I just hadn't read it or even heard of it before. Yes, so she hadn't even heard of it. Was, I did it. It was a big win on yeah. that front. I did um, have to reassure her that I really didn't care if she liked yes, this book or not. She did. There's like even, a 90% chance that if yes. I read it now, I wouldn't either. Like, so. Even before I read it, you had told me that. And I was like, okay, good. Because I really did not like it. Um <laughs> Some things, I guess I I had meant to give a little bit of a content warning for the 13th tale mm. um, on here. There is some incest, incest. <laughs> and some mild sexual content, right? It's not like yeah, huge. There's but nothing hugely graphic, but it's definitely it's in there. like I wouldn't let my little 10 year old sister yes. read it's it. You know, like it's definitely It's an adult work. book. Yeah. Um, even if the scenes aren't that graphic, it's very, very adult themes. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. e- like extremely adult yeah. themes. Like, I so. think there's definitely some themes of, like, like a, someone young, who's not cognitively developed enough wouldn't understand even. Like, it's true. Probably it's appreciate true. that. And, yeah, just content. So a little bit of a content warning on there. For sure. I don't know how the language was in it. Did you notice anything I... particular? I don't remember there being any okay. really poor language. Okay, I'm not super remember. sensitive to that, I'll admit. So yeah, there could have I'm been some either. and I wouldn't remember Unless it. Unless there's a lot of it. But right. But but yeah, not that, not that I can okay. really think of. So a little content warning there. Map of Time needs a major content warning. <laughs> it actually could have been worse. I will say that. But there were a few scenes that were a little more explicit than I think were in the 13th tale. So... <laughs> There's that. Um, so that wasn't like my favorite thing in, f- to start off with. Also, all of the women in this are treated as sexual objects. I didn't remember so, either of these things. I, I don't promise. know if Kariana would have been as bothered by that as me. It's it tends true. to be something I, I get more bothered by than she does, which is totally fine. Um, I am not sensitive yes. to the treatment of women in all. stories. So definitely, yeah. So I did not remember yeah. or recognize either of those things to warn Tori about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I have like, yeah, it depends on how women are addressed. All of the women in this are there to be sexual objects for the men. And that's where I don't like it because I think it diminishes their value as daughters of God, <laughs> which is part of what I'm going to talk about. Um, anyway, but... <laughs> Yes, so that was a concern. I'm not specifically going to talk about that in that context, but that theme I'm going to address. So there is that. And then just like the plot was kind of all over the place in a way that was almost interesting, but also felt like I was reading two different books. Like it Mm -hmm. felt like I was reading one book and then all of a sudden the third part, there's like three parts and the third part, it suddenly became like a completely different book. Like the first two were just kind of exploring the idea of time in a much more theoretical way. And then the last part, all of a sudden it was like real, this time travel stuff. And I was like, what is happening? And it just felt, it just felt strange. Like I could see the interesting aspect of it, but I just felt like it made the pacing and the way the story was being told just feel like very jarring. And it was hard. It didn't, it lost me basically. Mm -hmm. It made it so I wasn't as, um, focused and enveloped in the story as I would have liked to. Anyway, so yeah, so that's my thoughts 
on it. I will say I think the writing was beautiful. That was the best part of this book was I was just amazed by the writing style. It pulled me right in from the beginning, which I always struggle with the beginning of novels. Like it's hard for me to get in. I know a lot of people like love the beginning of a new story or whatever. I hate it. I like the end. (laughs) That sounds so sad, but I just like to see how everything wraps up and comes together. So when a book like pulls me in right away, that means the writing's really good specifically. And so I really liked that. And even when I was, I started listening to the audiobook probably halfway through because I needed to hurry the heck up (laughs) reading it. I was being a little slow. So I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to the audiobook while at work doing more mindless tasks and stuff. And so I was able to get through it fast enough. Um, But even while listening to it, like it even sounded nice. So there was very much a Dickensian bent to the writing style, which I really liked a lot. So that was one positive I can give this book for sure. Hated all of the characters, hated all of the sexual content and the way the women were treated. And the plot was just a little messy. So (laughs) unfortunately, Yes, that was it didn't go as well for me, but I did still think of some gospel principles like I kind of already there always mentioned. Is. Yes, there's always something you can find. Everything testifies yes. of God. Because everybody has the light of Christ in them. Are there some books that maybe have less of it than others? <laughs> probably are not and worth probably as much there's time, one out there you know? that we could say no. Yes, actually this nothing. one should go in the trash. And a lot of them <laughs> oh, some of them though it's honestly just like the opposite of what the light of christ is which is what you learn from so as long as you're going in with that right mindset um so anyway my thoughts my gospel principles were agency and our identity our divine identity and i know we've kind of discussed both of these topics before but i thought it was interesting in this there's a lot about time travel in this book and how time is affected by our choices and things like that and for some reason i well okay first of all it does address the idea of parallel universes where if you make a certain choice at one point in history it can diverge off if you like go back in time and change something does it really change your past or does it just create a new universe or whatever so it's exploring that and i always have hated that idea Mm. of parallel universes and I think part of it is just like it's connected in some way with identity of like okay but then what's the point of like caring about these characters if there's just like millions and trillions of the same person out there that's maybe just slightly different or maybe pretty much the same it's just like barely so it like with things like Marvel the multiverse stuff like I sometimes get a little like ugh, but like I have these characters I'm connected to and I just feel like it cheapens that sort of relationship I guess and those sorts of connections and stuff with those characters and so I've never really loved it and so when it was explored in this I was like I wanted to think a little deeper about why it bothers me beyond just like I don't know being in an individualist society and wanting everybody wants to be unique and stuff and I know that's part of it but I also think I realized that the idea of parallel universes completely disregards the need for agency in the plan of salvation. And Mm -hmm. agency is so central to the plan of salvation. I think sometimes we forget how central it is. We kind of treat it as like a side thing where it's like, actually, this is like everything. This is just below. It's like (laughs) even the atonement of Jesus Christ was made, was 
possible because of agency. Like, all of it is possible from agency and our ability to choose and make our own decisions. And having parallel universes just means, like, oh, it doesn't matter because somewhere else you made a different choice and that's just what happened. Like, it means that your choices don't really matter that much because you already have these other versions of you where you made the opposite choice. And so it's all, it's like, it almost feels a little bit determinist. Of like, you are in this universe, so you make this choice. And so it just, I feel like it just devalues the idea of the choices we make matter because we didn't make the other choice. We have our free will and we're making a choice that impacts who we become, becoming more like God. And if there's just another version of us that just slightly diverges and goes in a bad direction, then like what's the value of us and what's the value of the purpose of life. And so it's kind of a very deep (laughs) tangent that I went on. I understand the idea, the interest of an idea like a parallel universe where you're like, what if I had made a different choice? What would have been different? But the point is, we don't know, at least not here. Eventually, we'll probably have a much better understanding of how our choices impacted our direction. But for now, we don't know. And that's part of the learning process. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting thing, especially this past Sunday, actually, we talked about Adam and Eve in the class I attended, and they talked a lot about agency and everything about the plan. I mentioned the atonement, even the fall came down to a choice of, do you want to keep going in God's plan? Do you want to, like, God's always giving us the choice to keep going in his plan. And I just think there's value when we choose to do that and that shouldn't be diminished. In connection with that, just time travel in general, I was thinking a lot about how the idea of going back in time and forward in time diminishes the purposes of God and our divine identity because our whole purpose here is to grow and progress to become more like him so we can go back to him and be with our families. And so when you think about going back in time or forward in time, you're messing up what the naturally created progression that you're supposed to go through. Like time really is just about progress or standing still like it's all about what we're choosing to do to become more like god or not to i don't know does anything i just said make any sense to you (laughs) (laughs) like i feel like i'm just waffling no that's really interesting points i am i'm not gonna try to argue like the merits or lack thereof of parallel universe yes please you know that's the it's really Mm interesting like i i definitely see your points and i think that there are counter arguments to be made but Mm -hmm. but i think it's an interesting way of of looking at it and maybe and yeah like why you might feel like some discomfort with them for sure Mm -hmm. because it is like a weird thing to imagine yeah (laughs) it's interesting to me what you're saying with like the forward and backward in time what you made me think of was that it's almost like they're trying to negate the need for an atonement Mm -hmm. it's like by going forward and backward in time like you're not allowing the natural progression of overcoming the choice because there is a way to overcome and to almost reverse the choices that we've made and it's because christ has overcome Mm -hmm. them and through his power we can 
you know, do our best. Obviously, choices still carry consequences, but we can do our best to overcome those and eliminate them, at least in God's eyes. And so, yeah, the, I, this idea of like going back in time, I, I've never thought about it like mm-hmm. that for sure. But it's almost like, no, I can fix that on my own, you know. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's also kind of standing out to me that we mentioned that these are modern books that we're reading and both of us chose Victorian-esque stories in one way or another in our modern books. But it's interesting to me that both of our points come down to this author lacks an understanding of what comes after this, Mm. whereas both of us are typically drawn to books written by authors who have more of that understanding, who occasionally... Who occasionally lack a fullness of that understanding, but who are also very like Christ-centered people and recognize what's coming and his atonement and his love for us. So that's not a lot of specifics on what you just said, but but that's kind of what's standing out to me. Like I said, I was like going way in the... It kind of feels like deep doctrine, even though it's not, because time travel and parallel universes <laughs> are not real. This is but deep nerd doctrine. This is, this is what my conversations doctrine. with my brother sound like on yes, a regular I basis. Love it. Perfect. But it is interesting. Like I just I feel like people who want to time travel. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think it would be so cool to like see certain periods. I just want to witness. Like, I just want to witness things. Same thing. Oh my gosh! So, like, I definitely (laughs) believe in that. I understand why people might want to move forward in time in their own life or backwards, but I think it's because they feel stuck in this life. Like, they feel like time is constraining. Where really time is actually so freeing, if you think about it. Like, God Mm. lives outside of time, and he put us in a place where there's time so that we can progress properly. Like, it was part of the progression process is being here where there's time. And so people wanting to go back and fix their mistakes or whatever, they're not actually learning from them. Right. Like they're diminishing the ability they have to become a better person, not just fix issues but actually change as a person and that's what time does for us that's what the fact that we can't go back and that we can't go forward means is that we get to progress now and we get to just see what happens and we can redirect what happens just depending on what where our values lie and what we want out of life and out of the next life and so I think it it is interesting to think about time as actually something so freeing And that's something the world just doesn't understand. Like time is actually such a blessing. And the fact that we're in the present moment always is, but we can look back on the past and we can hope for the future is like a superpower. Like (laughs) we can just get this great opportunity while we're here to have the best setting for us to do exactly what we came here to do, what God sent us here to do. Going back to, to that idea of things that are worth it not being easy that I kind of mentioned there at the end of mine with like families, right? I think another big reason for time travel, like the dream of time travel is to make life easier, right? Like, why do you want to go back and fix your mistakes except to make your present moment easier? And why do you want to look forward at your future except to like, be able to like calm down and not have to, you know, or what, whatever, you know, it's, it's to ease your burden in one way or another. And it's just kind of ironic, I guess, like 
in part because of what you're talking about, you know, like we have this amazing ability to change and to grow and we're trying to take that away from ourselves or speed up the process instead of just kind of enjoying it and experiencing it. And then there's also the fact that we can know how it ends you know like why we know what's happened in the past already so why dwell in it and in the future like we sometimes forget who's gonna win you know and if we choose the winning side then we're also gonna win and maybe that's not super specific Mm -hmm. (laughs) we feel so much discomfort and discontent and wanting to know what's coming next and you and I both relate to that (laughs) super strongly like we're I am Mm -hmm. so not exempt from that feeling Mm -hmm. um but the fact is like God asks us to trust in him for a reason And he's got really good credit, too. Like Mm -hmm. He's a trustworthy guy. If we continue to make the choices that have been laid out for us and that he helps us make, then it's fine. Then we know how it's going to end. We know what's going to happen. You know, we've been promised certain things and they're going to come true. I did want to bring in just kind of as an extra scriptural backup to some of the things we're talking about. Um, no, I make up my own. Right, doctrine, I know. Actually. <laughs> That's what we do here, both of us. It's great. Um, so in a talk given actually by Robert D. Hales wow. as well, we just both ended up being drawn to him. Apparently, I think he, it was in he is October. The author of the book swap. Yes, there you go. The author of the books, the true author, the true author. Robert D. Hales. A much better author. <laughs> Um, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. It's from October 2010, and it's called Agency Essential to the Plan of Life, which just right there, the title, Essential to the Plan of Life. Right there you go. I Um, love that. My my title was The Eternal Family. We just learned something about Robert D. Just I know. (laughs) To the point. He knew those doctrines and taught them, and it's great. And this was like, what? 15 years later after yours. So anyway, so he says, contrary to the world's secular teaching, the scriptures teach us that we do have agency and our righteous exercise of agency always makes a difference in the opportunities we have and our ability to act upon them and progress eternally. I also love the idea of progressing eternally. Like we're just always going to have the chance to progress and just become better and better and better. And we may reach a level of perfection, but I feel like there's probably some detail work in perfection too. So I just really love that. I feel like this week I've just learned to be much more grateful for agency and the chance it gives us to continue to choose and the chance it gives other people to choose. Like we are here and I think sometimes in the church just because we want everybody to do the very best they can and we want the very best for everybody, we sometimes forget that there are three kingdoms of glory That God has his plan set in motion to where everybody, for the most part, will be as happy as they're ready to be. And what we're doing here in the church is just meant to help people be prepared for the highest level of happiness, if that's what they want. And so even if people don't want it, there's just so much goodness God has in store for us. And our agency is there to allow us to become exactly who we want to be and get exactly where we want to go. 
And so I love to, in Second Nephi chapter 2, which we just recently read for Come Follow Me, specifically in verse 13, it's where it says, And if ye shall say there is no law, ye shall also say there is no sin. If ye shall say there is no sin, ye shall also say there is no righteousness. And if there is no righteousness, there be no happiness. And if there be no righteousness nor happiness, there be no punishment nor misery. And if these things are not, there is no God. And if there is no God, we are not. Neither the earth, for there could have been no creation of things, neither to act nor to be acted upon. Wherefore, all things must have vanished away. And now, my sons, I speak unto you these things for your profit and learning. For there is a God, and he hath created all things, both the heavens and the earth, and all things that in them are, both things to act and things to be acted upon. So again, right there, telling us that everything's been created so that we can act for ourselves and utilize our agency. And it's to bring about his eternal purposes in the end of man after he had created our first parents, as it says in verse 15. Yeah, any other thoughts you want to share? I feel like I've just blabbered on enough, so. I don't, nothing comes to mind. <laughs> no? Okay. I... <laughs> This was kind of fun just doing yeah. like a little... <laughs> it's like a little book club, like yeah. kind of more informal than we usually do. Yeah. Not that it's ever that formal, but you know, <laughs> still a little less so. A little less constructed, I guess, yeah. in our discussion. So that was fun. Anyway, I guess to sum up, both had gospel principles to learn. The 13th tale, I think we would recommend as long as you're okay with those little content warnings we gave. Map of Time... Take your chance if you want. I, uh, I, uh, wouldn't recommend it. And Kariana doesn't know if she would. <laughs> I have it's no, been too I long. I have no reason so. to recommend it. I trust. So, I, I, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but there you go. I don't know if we'll do this next year. I wouldn't mind it, but I know it was kind of stressful for Kariana finding something <laughs> for me. So we'll 99% of the time, Tori yes. comes up with the gospel principles. <laughs> I'm capable no. of doing it. I just have to like. No, think not the about gospel it. principles. I mean the the uh, books themselves. Oh, Picking a book for me to get. <laughs> yes. No, that was the worst <laughs> thing ever. So yeah, like I said, I don't know if we'll do it again. <laughs> That's a good but... point. I didn't even thought about <laughs> having to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> like it was such a pain to do it once. Then I know. Then I know. I would just watch your Goodreads to see if you read this other book that yes. I have in mind. Good plan. So we might do it. So I we'll thought see. it was fun we'll if see. we can get over that hoop. But um, it's a, you know, it's a good it's, time. Or yes. if I can just get over Inferior, like not super yeah. surprising. Yeah. Tori really does read a yeah. lot more than me. So and, <laughs> like, there's honestly a lot of things I haven't read. So even if I've heard of it, it doesn't necessarily mean I've read it. Right. So, you know, fair enough. There's always that. So anyway, let us know down below if you have any thoughts on anything we've discussed. Also like subscribe, of course, if you are interested. If this was your first episode with us, I'm sorry. It was a very strange one, but hopefully I mean it was really good but it was different from what we usually do <laughs> so you may go to the other episodes and be like oh what's this <laughs> I don't know but you can check us out continually and subscribe and see more so definitely do that also follow us on Instagram if you are interested at God in all things we do a lot of updates there spiritual updates Kariana updates on her come follow me studies so that's really great and we just yeah it's a great time it's gotten uh, better <laughs> it has it has we're actually doing it regularly I should say Kariana is actually doing it regularly I still haven't done like anything but 
there's that. Um, and then you can also check out what I'm reading just casually on the channel Good Strong Words on YouTube. I have a lot of fun over there, so definitely check that out. And I think that's everything. So thank you so much for watching, listening. Keep remembering to see God in all things, and we will see you next time. Bye! Bye!